Are you ready? That was terrible. That was me trying to be like break the ice. (laughs) I got it though. I got the reference. Wait, is that what she says at the beginning of the song? Does she say, are you ready for it? It's not, not, are you ready for it? That's Taylor Swift. Wait. Are you ready for it is Taylor Swift. She does say, are you ready in, um, are you ready? Perfect Perfect Lover. Are you ready? Yeah. That's, I think Danger says that. Yeah. You know what? Speaking of Danger. Danger. Speaking of Perfect Lover. I actually revisited the Blackout album this morning. I sure um, did as well. Did I you? Yeah. I kind of wondered because I was sleuthing on Instagram and saw that you had that in your like notes. Or no, it wasn't Perfect yeah. Lover, but it was why what should have been said Ugh. at worst. I, I really, me, let's I, go. I didn't appreciate that. That was a really good Pharrell impression. Thank you. That was really up there. I don't think I could recreate it, but let's just. That was really nice. I love. I think I love Pharrell so much. I think his voice is so sexy. I love when he adds little ad libs into songs like that. Mm -hmm. But that song's really underrated. Very very underrated song. Definitely a song we don't talk about enough. But I didn't love the song when it first came out. Like I remember, I remember the first time I heard that album. Not one that like stuck out to me by any means. But now, like in retrospect, I because I love that Pharrell. And like the Neptune sounds so much and yeah. how, you know, just like all the wonderful music they've created over the years. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And it stands out to me now. It's so good. I am right there with you. And I think because I knew it was her uh, rejoining forces with the Neptunes. And I think it was her first collab with them since uh, the, uh, the Britney album with, you know, I'm a slave for you and boys. Yeah. And so I was expecting another like, club banger type of song like that and it wasn't i mean it's still you can still kind of dance to it but it's definitely more of like a, a, a mellow vibe than like i'm asleep for you where like i'm asleep for you it's like i'm going to be a slut right now you know it's, like a, it's almost like a dancey ballad um like i've i think i'm i'm connecting with it because i've been obviously you know like personally been going through this like weird breakup this year and yeah. it definitely hits the lyrics are hitting and I yeah. love it. It's like, it's like, it's kind of like, I want to sad twerk to it. <laughs> sad twerk. I want a sad twerk. That's how I feel. Oh my gosh. He was going to sad twerk to that song. Do you replace the Brittany, let's go to Jeffrey, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. I love you. Um, oh yeah. You know, I'm, I, I'm glad that you brought this up though, because what's so funny is, you know, we're, we're going to get into the book soon for sure. Like that definitely but i think i didn't realize that you know obviously the album had leaked online when it first came out right so they had to push back the release or not push back but like release it sooner than they had planned and i didn't realize the birthday was yesterday but i've you know i've been like i don't know if you do this when i'm reading a book or like you know with the janet jackson documentary and whatever i feel like i go on a wikipedia rampage and i'm looking up all these facts like i want to see where things charted like you know like a music nerd i'm very interested to see yeah. Like, you know, the ins and outs. And so yeah. I was just looking at that album and some of the producers in the album. And I was like, oh, my God, this was released literally yesterday, the anniversary of it. Yeah. Like, what are the odds? That's so funny. You know, yeah. it's crazy. It's so crazy. That album, I'll never forget. I had just moved to Grand Rapids. And I remember it. This is back when albums were released at midnight still. And that's and. 
I, I believe iTunes was around then, right? Yeah, no, iTunes was around. But yeah, I'm like, I'm like, when was iTunes? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I digested it. <laughs> but um, I was still very much like I went and bought physical copies of albums, and so I remember the only store that was open here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, at midnight was Meyer, and they sold CDs. And so I remember driving to like two different, two or three different Meyers until I finally found one in at a sketchy part of town at the sketchy Meyer. Love it. And yeah, I bought that. And the Backstreet Boys had also released an album at the time as well. And I don't remember the name of the album that had a black and white cover. And for everyone listening, who's not from the Midwest, Meyer is basically like a Midwest Walmart or what. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like a catch all store for everything. They have groceries and goods. Yep, exactly. And so I remember getting it, but to go back to the album leaking, I remember that. And I didn't realize that they had pushed up the album release because of the leaks. But I remember the album tracks leaking. I remember, I think that some songs had some different titles. There's also additional tracks that didn't make the official album. Um, I think one was called Sugarfall. Um, and then there was also a song. I will never forget. Okay. So again, we're going to get into the book in a second. But I remember one of the paparazzi videos a paparazzo was like shooting Britney filming her and she was in her car and she was listening to this song that was kind of like, it had like this, ah, ah, it was kind of like this, like almost like a middle Eastern like vibe or something like that. And I was like, Oh, that sounds like a really cool melody. And then she drives off. You're like, this is truth hurts. This is truth hurts. <laughs> right. But it was like more like more not as not like a sexy dance number, but more like a, almost like a ballad ambient type of vibe. And um, the song ended up being a song called State of Grace that didn't make the album. I love that ended- you, you remember this. Yeah, and, and then later was featured on Taylor Swift's album. Right, right. Yeah. Later's, later repurposed for Taylor Swift's album. Uh, completely different song. But actually, no, Britney did end up giving that song to some singer. I don't remember if they were, I don't know what country they're from. I want to say that the song was also sung in a different language. So I don't remember. Again, I was going to say it was European maybe, but it could have been also Japanese. I'm not really sure. So, um, but yeah, I would love if one day she released State of Grace because that is a great song. I'll have to send that song to you. Yeah, let's find it. Let's find who the artist is and give him a, a shout out. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, yeah, that this album, it's so funny that it was like when I think of this album, I think of like fall. I think of Halloween. It's such a. Yeah. Is it is it just me, too? Or does the album sound a little spooky? It's a little. It, no, it's Jeff, her spookiest I album. Am, I am not even kidding. <laughs> I had that thought when I was working out this morning. I was like, it's I was like, Brittany, album. Brittany invented this like spook pop that, sh- spook that like pop. Spook, spook pop that like, that like Ms. Petrus ha- kind of appropriated for what's Transylvania. For, right. For, uh, no, that was a song on it. Um, It's called turn off the lights, right? Oh, turn off the lights. Okay. Turn off the lights. And then, uh, I feel like Ms. Slater also appropriated the sound for sure. her latest oh, effort. They're both heavily influenced by this album. Oh, yeah. yeah but what an album. Like, Danger. Her favorite album, too, as as stated in the book. That was fun. Her too. favorite album, yes. And yeah. she she referenced that kind of a few points. She's like, a it's lot. my best work. Yeah, yeah it's my, my best, best work. work. 
Um, yeah, she worked with Danger and Carrie Hilson. She also worked with Bloodshine Avant, who um, d- helped. Who, if you don't know who that is, they did um, Toxic with her. So okay. they they did songs like Piece of Me, and um, I want to say they did Freak Show. And Pharrell um, was on, on a track. So. Yeah, we got Pharrell. And actually, down. a song that didn't make the standard version of the album, but was on like a European deluxe version. Um, and was all it's also on like the it's on digital streaming now too. But J.R. Rodham, who's like known for producing Sean Kingston, um, the icon that is Sean Kingston. Shout out Sean <laughs> Kingston. Suicidal. <laughs> don't say that we're gonna get gonna get flagged on instagram oh no um but um no but he produced a song called everybody which samples sweet dreams by the arrhythmics which is also on britney's album yeah that's what i'm saying oh for a second i was like what does this have sean kingston song have to do no 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 yeah this is the britney song it's called everybody um it samples sweet dreams um i feel like that song's been done to death it has been done to death sweet dreams but it's one of those like iconic songs that like people pink pink sampled it yeah that's the one that sticks out to me the most yeah Marilyn Marilyn manson i remember when i saw ashley simpson live in like 2005 it was for her it was right after it was right after she had her nose job was it I am me or not I am? Yes, it was. It was I am me. Yep. Okay. She danced. She danced to her boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> Famously, I the misheard lyric that I have shared with Zach on boyfriend is I thought she said I danced to my boyfriend. Yeah. And then and, we, I did not know until literally as like a twenty seven year old man that it was I didn't steal your boyfriend. Was I the one that revealed that to you? Yeah, of course you were. Yeah, I, I was so shook. I was like, "So you've been telling you mean to tell me yeah. that I've been singing dance to your boyfriend?" I thought she did a little sexy dance to her boyfriend. She said, "I'm going to do a little sexy dance to you." That's literally what I thought for the not for time. you, but to you. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, but yeah, Blackout, stellar album, absolutely incredible. Um, justice for Toy Soldier. I feel like Toy Soldier should have been a single. I love that song. I love that song. I think a I lot of fans tend to like that song. Yeah, I From love that song. I gather. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the songs that did not leak when the album leaked. So I don't know if that was recorded after or if that song that just got managed to be, you know, sealed or whatever. But like, yeah, that was. And also just how timeless Gimme More is. Like that song feels so fresh and it's still like referenced all the time where I feel like in 2007, I did not expect it to be what it is today. Same. It's Britney bitch is iconic. I don't know if I know a more iconic intro to a song as far as like words go, you know, it's Britney bitch. It's Britney bitch. It's Britney bitch. And it has been, it has been, it always will be Britney bitch. And but yeah, I, I remember once a long time ago, I was like, what's the most iconic intro to a song or like the first words heard in a song? And I remember someone saying, drop your glasses, shake your asses from Ooh, that's a good, that, one. That's a good one. But I was like, good one. But it's, but it's not necessarily like like it's Britney bitch isn't a part of like the verse, you know, it's kind of like it's just, it's the intro. It, it's the intro. So before is- the before the beat even kicks in. 
with that, with that, like, I don't even know what to call that vocal effect, but it's like, it's kind of like, kind of tinny, echoey, just like she's stuck in a can in a cave. And you know what's funny, kind of, kind of like diving into the book a little bit? I laughed so hard when she's like, yeah, that video was horrible. She's <laughs> like, it's disgusting. And like, <laughs> I was like, okay, drag your own video, but you know what? I still love it. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. No, I'm with her. It's a bad video. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It makes me feel very nostalgic. Yeah. I re- I do remember she, in the video, she does, she, I mean, the video, I mean, there's really not much happening in the video. It's Actually, just her in the stripper pole with like a blue light. and Blue light. And. White, very white, bright lights. Yeah. Well, also her in a blonde wig sitting at the bar, like watching herself. Um. There were other scenes filmed for the video. There was apparently a funeral scene filmed for the video that never made <laughs> that never made the, the paparazzi Darn. photos are online. Um, but the, yeah, it never like made it to the final edit. So I mean, Brittany, I can't imagine Brittany how can't bad come to the phone right now. She's Brittany dead. can't come. She's dead. She said, Oh my God. Oh, I'm so glad that she's alive. I, yeah, I think that we need to dive into the book because if you, unless you've been living under a rock, Britney Spears, Britney, it's Britney Bitch Spears, just released her highly anticipated memoir, The Woman memoir. in Me. Memoir. The Woman in Me. What do you think of the title? Um, I think it's very Britney. I think it's very Britney. And I, I, honestly, it's not my favorite title in the world until I listened to the book. Yeah. And and heard her speaking about what that meant to her. Um, I was like, okay, I completely get it and I respect it. Yeah, the like the context of the book makes it make sense. Obviously, like her talking about feeling like a scared little girl throughout the book, and then now she's yeah. like this blossomed into this woman. You know, I'm I'm not a girl. Now she is a woman. Now um, she is a woman. Yeah, finally. Finally, it took a long time, it took but a long you time. know, not her fault. So I think the book title is simple. It's to the point. You know, it tells you everything mm-hmm. you need to know. There's a woman inside of someone. There's a woman that, inside that of someone. someone is Brittany. Yeah. That and woman that, is Brittany. That's, that really encompasses it, you know? Absolutely. So, Sh- oh, go ahead. I, I was just say, I, I, like listening to the book, I mean, you and I both, we like sped through it. We we got through it basically in about 36 we, hours. We, we digested it. We, we devoured it. That, we that were food hungry. on the plate came out. We were starving and mm-hmm. we literally cleaned the plate. We ate the plate. Yeah, we ate the plate. We ate the plate. We literally left, left no crumbs. We left no crumbs. I'm shitting out the fork and knife. <laughs> That's how fast we devoured this book. It was like, it came out and I was done within 24 hours. Yeah, no, 100%. And it was, I, you know, I, di- I honestly didn't know what to expect. Um, I was under the impression that she had, I don't like using the term ghost writer, but like a co-writer. I thought there was going to be someone who co-wrote it with same. her. I thought a ghost writer for sure. And, um, but no, this is written by her. This is her which, in her own words. Which we both have said is like, I, I think for her writing a book too, I mean, I would never be able to write a book like that well. I think it, I think it was like, number one, like obviously she had some editors and things like that, but like chronologically it was done so well, I, I so personally well. feel, and I feel like everything was cohesive and made sense. And there yes. wasn't like, it wasn't like why, you know, 
I mean, there were some Britneyisms that were funny, but like there was no no reason to think otherwise that she wasn't an amazing writer. I was very, very no. impressed with. The and book. I thought, for at least for me, I think it really spoke to her mental capacity because right now, yeah, right, with, true. The, with the conservatorship and even now with how she posts on social media and stuff, people think that she is for lack of a better word, crazy, right? And yeah, or has some some mental health issues. And has some mental mental health issues, which, which don't we I, all which don't we all and mm-hmm. also I especially after listening to this book, do not blame her. If she was absolutely just out of her goddamn mind, uh yeah, I would be too if I had it's gone a, through it's what a she miracle did. she's not. And when she was when she was telling her story, especially towards the end about, you know, explaining why her Instagram's a little kooky and whatnot, there was com- complete awareness around everything it felt like that she was talking about. I, I was she- so impressed and it definitely made me think differently of the Instagram, of the situation. I'm shocked she didn't come out um, worse. I mean, it- it's amazing that she persevered that long through something so horrific. Yeah. I was so impressed with how self-aware she was and to all the haters out there right now, because I made a series of memes who uh, about, you know, reading the book, finishing it, things like that. There are people, I don't know if they're bots. I don't know if they are actual fans or whom, whoever they are. There's a lot of people out there who think that they are doing the Lord's work by saying like team Justin we're going to get into that I have in, not sure seen in a minute. It, I have not yeah. seen it. We, yeah. Um, I have to say, one person today on my Instagram post said that she needs to start taking responsibility for her own actions. And I said to them, I said, it's very clear that you did not read this book or listen to this book. Or have any saying, idea of what's happening at all. You know? Any idea. I was like... I was so impressed with how self-aware she was and how she was very true and, and honest about, she said, yeah, in retrospect, I, I messed up. I should have done it this way or I should have handled this differently. Right. But at the same time, also realizing, can I, I feel like, I feel like this word is tossed around a lot. This is like the epitome of gaslighting. I feel like what Britney Spears has gone through. I mean, she was, it, it felt like from the get go, she was set up to be, yeah, you know, to be put into this conservatorship. Like she, like from day one, what she went through from, you know, being for those that are listening. And if you weren't, you know, alive, cause now that I'm thinking about this, like Britney Spears jolted onto the scene in 1998 as the pop star that we know her. So that was over, that was what, 25 years ago now? So. Yeah, feels like yesterday, but. Yeah, so a lot of people might not be, you know, might not be able to remember what that was like. And there was really no bigger pop star at that time. Definitely not. Also, I think in the last 25 years, name another person that's made that much of an impact on music as a whole and influenced an entire generation of people. Like there's not a ton of people that I can think of. Like she truly, you know, was the pop girl and so likable. Like even though, even though she got so much unnecessary, disgusting hate. And obviously part of it is a lot of women got hate back then because, you know, and they still do unfortunately, but you know, it was a lot worse then because socially we were not very 
advanced. But that being said, it seems like she got an unfair amount of that hatred. And I don't know if it's because she was so big or it's because, you know, and, and it made a lot of sense when she was talking about this. But, you know, they set her up to be this like cute, innocent, like teen girl, all American girl that everyone loves. And that is yeah. true. Like that is how, you know, I mean, this was my first album for everyone listening, Baby One More Time. So it's a very mm-hmm. special record for me. And that's exactly how I thought of her when it, when it was out. So it's like she, they accomplished that, like the, the people that wanted her image to look like that. But yeah, I think, yeah. you know, and even listening to the songs like on Baby One More Time are, is so funny because it's like, I'll be with you forever and ever and I love you and I'll do anything for you and you are my life and I'm miserable and lost without you. Like that's the entire rhetoric of the whole album. Yeah. In, in hindsight, you know, which is really funny, but that's what they wanted her to be. And yeah. it's like they put this unrealistic standard on someone that's literally growing up into a person. Growing up. She what, recorded the album and started promoting it when she was 16, 17. Yeah. Like, of, of she's going to change into a literal woman. What do you expect? Like, yeah. And I think that's why she got a lot of unnecessary hate for so long. But they, I mean, they were even hating her, obviously, like baby one more time era you know, the Rolling Stone cover she talks a little bit about in the book being really controversial. Mm-hmm. But just this, like, dichotomy of, like, her, you know, having this image of being, like, the teen dream all-American queen. And then also, like, think about yourself as a teenager. Yeah. I can't, I cannot imagine getting that hate. And just, she took it on the chin so much. So much. She's such a strong, strong person, truly. And every talk show that she went on, she was asked about her breasts. I mean, I I messaged you. I mean, you know, she, you know, whether or not her hymen was broken, you know, I mean, I don't think anyone asked her in those graphic details, but she got that virgin question a a ton. Yeah. She also, I, I, and it didn't matter if male or female. I remember her being on the Rosie O'Donnell show. And I remember her, Rosie being like, you know, asking her about whether or not she should be dressing the way that she dresses. Right. And it's just so, it's so crazy. And, and I was, you know, of course, everyone's been talking about this book lately. And um, Caitlin Riley has been like sharing her thoughts on the book and whatnot. And she made the point of like, back then, this was just completely normal socially acceptable behavior to be seen on TV. This was just part of the job. You wanted to be a celebrity. Yep. If you wanted to be a celebrity in this, you know, or a musician in this world, you had to be ready for this type of behavior. Definitely. And uh, again, this is a 16, 17, 18 year old, young girl, young woman on television shows all over the world being asked about her body, whether or not she's had sex. And it's so interesting too, because, and I, I wish this is one thing where I don't feel like she touched on in the book. And I, it makes me wonder if how much she is aware or I, I don't know. I would love to know her, more of her, her thoughts on this, just how controlled she was by her record label. Right. The I'm image. very, I'm very curious about that because I remember from the get go people, part of the conversation about Britney Spears was that she was a music industry puppet. She doesn't write her own songs. She does this. She does that. Oh, totally. blah, 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 blah. It's like it's like that Joe Schmo complaining about those pop music girls that have no talent, like th- th- that bubblegum pop, you know, like right. this kind of like 
bogus argument that holds no merit because we know Britney's extremely talented, whether yeah. you want, want to admit that or not. Like she yeah. might not be the best vocalist of all time. You know what's interesting though? Uh, I don't know if you caught this, but when she was saying, we're talking about like how much control her record label had over her. When she was saying like, I told them I wanted to sound a little more R&B and like mm-hmm. Max Martin understood what that meant. It yeah. seems like she had a pretty good relationship with Max Martin, which I was yeah. pleased to kind of hear about their meeting. And that made me kind of feel some type of way. It was like a nice um, part of the book. Yeah. But it's just so interesting because you you can hear that. Like her, especially on Baby One More Time, it's so funny how certain songs, like um, what what's the song I, I had to, to tell you about? Because it made me laugh revisiting it. Uh, I Will Be There was one of those songs where she's putting these funny, like, grown woman R&B flares on some of the the vocals and the words and stuff. Like, yeah. there's this part where she's like, she's like, oh, no. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, even, even more than normal. Yeah. And it's just funny the way she they made, like tried to make her sound like this grown R&B singer in some of these songs. So so maybe that was her decision, her direction. It sounds like, it sounds like Max Martin genuinely, like, created with her obviously there was a lot of control around the image and like i was saying like the songs that are are talking about you know basically just like whatever Email my whatever heart man wants like it's all about the man and like my life is purposeless without this this man you know yeah I have, I have no purpose other than to be your lover and so there's definitely some of that but i but it sounds like it sounds like a time where she was like also genuinely happy yeah absolutely and she was saying too, right? Like singing was magic for me. And in mm-hmm. the beginning, I had this like when no one knew who I was when I, when they were writing the songs for Baby One More Time. It's like she had this this spark in her because she was able to sing these songs and make these songs. And it wasn't like there was pressure about you know what's it going to sound like because obviously she was propelled into stardom so right. fast, and no yeah. one prepared for that. Like no, no one prepared for that. And what I was trying to say earlier is like, like she, the, the Taylor Swift mania that we are experiencing now, that was Britney's, I would say from, from 1998, 1999 through 2002 yeah. was Britney mania. She, she couldn't walk down the street without paparazzi taking photos of her and a story being made up about her. Right. Like it was, she was just everywhere. And 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 the reason why I bring up the record label, like, and how much control, because it, sh- and I remember her talk. I mean, I remember the story from like when she even first started. She talks about this in the book, the baby one more time video. The yeah. record label had this idea about it being like this like futuristic space thing, and she was, yeah, and she was like, no, how about it's me like me hang out with my friends at school, and what an iconic video it became. It would not have been as iconic without that, Mm. you know, uh, without her input for sure. It makes me wonder, did that space video evolve into what became the oops, I did it again video. I wonder if that. I think so. That makes sense. It was also so of the time of like 1999 Y2K to have like a space age theme, you know, video. I mean, everyone was doing that. Because it was was Y2K, the year 2000 Mm -hmm. was coming, the world was going to end and we were all going to live on the moon. And, and and because of that, everyone wore white and silver. Yep. Oh. And that's just the way, that's just the way it was. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. Oh my God! This brings up a really good point, and I cannot let this go. Okay. So 
as I was revisiting this album as well. Um, okay, so the song, let me, let me see here. Yeah, so the song I Will Be There sounds so much like Celine Dion's That's the Way It Is. And of course, like yeah. Max Martin and another um, I forget his name. Something Carlson. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. Um, Andreas it's either maybe. Andreas Carlson or Christian London. I think it's on Andreas Carlson. So he, you know, they're they're on the same songs. It makes total sense. But it is literally the little sister of "That's the Way It Is." One hundred percent. Even though I believe this song was recorded before that. I mean, they were probably written around the same time. I mean, maybe one more time. The album came out in nineteen eighty nine. So did "That's the Way It Is." Um, yeah. Let's see. I'm looking up. That's the way it is right now. Christian London and Andreas Carlson. So we're both right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That 100%. I mean, Max Martin definitely had a formula that he, and still does. I mean, has a formula that works and there's a bunch of his songs that all sound similar. Um, definitely. But specifically because that's the way it is, is one of my favorite, probably my top five songs of all time. You know, it's just so funny. Like, the guitar and the instruments and everything in there. And even the, even the way the kind of the verse kind of like punches you and the chorus punches you, it's, yeah. it's like exactly the same. It's so funny. Yeah. I never, I never noticed it before as a kid. Oh really? Yeah. No, I never really noticed it before, but also like I wasn't, I, I liked all the songs in the album, but that wasn't one I was like revisiting over and over and over. And I will be there. Oh God. I love that song. <laughs> I think it should have been a single personally personally not autumn goodbye you love Got that it. Song. i love autumn <laughs> goodbye b-side b-sides maybe one more time not the beat goes on what about what about being a single yeah no no <laughs> i i love the beat goes on but like no. i'm totally joking it's it's uh, for me it's pure nostalgia if i were to hear that song for the first time i'd be like what is this cover this is hilarious yeah um, but I mean, that album is just to kind of wrap up that album. It's such a special album for me. Mm -hmm. And it truly is one of the most iconic albums in history because it was her first album and -hmm. Britney's impact, like I said, is so influential being this like pop star girly, you know, even, even that kind of like character, like that princess of pop character has appeared in movies and TV shows, you know, not her, but like completely inspired by her. So Mm -hmm. I think it's just, it's just an album everyone should revisit because it's a, it's a piece of history and yeah. we wouldn't have pop music as we know it today. I think without that album, I, I com- incredible album. I think I completely agree. I mean, it really started truly kind of like a, a pop revolution. I mean, look at all of the singers that I don't want to sit there. I don't want to like, I'm not trying to pit women against each other, but just like, I'm thinking about like, no, all pit the them, pop- <laughs> please pit them but but think about all the pop singers that came out around the same time right like you had your mandy moore's jessica simpson uh i don't want to say christina aguilera because i know that they're constantly pitted against each other and to be oh. fair a lot of these women young women were signed around the same time britney was signed so these, she these, talked about that christina. yeah these these deals were all like set up prior you know to but Britney was the one that kind of first came onto the scene and emerged through the bubblegum pop era. Like when you think yeah. of bubblegum pop, I think of her. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you definitely saw the labels of these other ladies 
you know, try to be like, okay, well, this worked for her, so you're going to do it too. And they've all talked about it. I feel like they've all individually have said that, like, my label told me to be more like Britney, you know? And you had that from everyone from Jessica Simpson to Pink to all, you know, tons of people. And you can hear it in, like, there's a bunch of people. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of Don't Let Me Get Me when you say <laughs> I know, yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, my God. But, like... Even, like, people like Tanya Mitchell, I don't know if you know who Tanya Mitchell is. She's, like, this, like, I wouldn't even call her a one-hit one hit wonder, bless her, bless her heart. But oh. she had this song called Broken Promises. Uh, people like Michaela. People like, um, there was another, there was a, just a, a slew of young female pop singers. Ooh, and love, We love that era of, of music. Do we ever? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, became, you became full beluga whale when I said that. I sure did. You sure did. Sonar. Yeah. Sonique. Sonique Sonar. But, Sonique um, Sonar. But yeah, no, one hundred percent. Like, and I, and not just her music, but like her iconography, like the looks, right? Every music video, every performance throughout that time period. People, I when I was in New York for Halloween last year, my friend and other women as well. We're we're dressed up as Britney Spears from the Oops I Did It Again music video. Absolutely. Or the or the 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 schoolgirl. I mean, it's iconic. Yep. Or even like her flight attendant uniform in Toxic. Like the list yeah. goes on. You know what I mean? Like it is crazy, the iconography of of her career. It's 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 really remarkable. And I remember at the time too. Again, being like this like little pop music nerd, and I was you know very much involved in like chat rooms and talk forums and things like that on the internet where I was able to talk about this and I was part of this Madonna talk forum. And I remember so many people saying that like Britney was never going to have the same impact as Madonna and blah, 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 blah. And I, and I feel like they're just different artists. Like Mad- Ooh, I, I'm so curious to hear, I know we, we chatted a little bit about this, but yeah, Britney brings up Madonna quite a bit in the book. She and does. This is someone who had a lot of nice things to say about Madonna. And as I was listening to this book, I was smiling because I was like, I know Zach is living for this moment because your fave, like some of your faves, obviously Britney's one of your faves and Madonna's like your all time fave. So, I mean, what did you think of those stories? Like, were were you loving I loved it. I loved it. And I loved the way that she talked about Madonna visiting her in her apartment and how she, she basically was like, in more or less words, Madonna was being very assertive, but she didn't mention her being bitchy, you know, she, and she kept saying how, like, she was like, I wish that I had Madonna's confidence. I remember her saying that a couple of times. Like she would tell people, no, she would tell people what she wanted. She stuck up for herself and had self-respect always and never let anything face her. That's something Brittany mentioned as well. And that's once that's something about Madonna that I, I've, I've always loved and respected about her. And I've always found interesting. So recently Madonna just started her celebration tour. And part of the tour is uh, there's a section in the show where there's a montage of people just talking about her from random interview clips. And one of the interview clips that has made headlines is the uh, famous clip of Cher calling Madonna mean. (laughs) And that one little tiny little second from the show has made so many headlines. What people have not seen is the 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 full section is a bunch of people talking about Madonna. You had people saying saying that Madonna was mean, that she was a bitch. Michael you had Jackson people, also. Like, yep, yep. 
um, you also had people calling Madonna nice and saying great things to say about her. And what I just find interesting about all of that is that at the end of the day, and I know that I feel like this, you know, example, you know, is, is, well, I don't, I don't, it's not played out because we still talk about it and it needs to be talked about. But if Madonna was a man, would she be called these horrible things? No, she'd be, you know, she would be. Definitely not, not to the extent. Not, I mean. not to, not to the Taylor Swift it, but like she would be the man, right? She would be assertive. She'd be a boss. She'd be and like a boy. Like a boy. She'd be like, like a boy. I prefer like, that. If, if, we're, if we're talking about like male, <laughs> male themed songs or being a male, I prefer like a boy. So let's, like a boy. let's use that as a reference point. Thank okay. you very much. Because I am Absolutely. not a lover fan. I will go on record of saying I do not like the album Lover. Ooh, Swifties, um, don't come for him. Listen, I love Taylor Swift. I respect her. I love her music. But that album, not my favorite. Can we just side note really quick? Sure, what are your thoughts? Bar. What Sidebar, what are your thoughts on Cruel Summer hitting number one? I, I'm so happy for her. I think that's amazing. Also, like, kind of historical. Like, you don't you don't see that happen a lot. And, of course, like, her concert and the impact of the concert is absolutely insane. Like, the Beatles mania of it all. For th- yeah. The fact for this album is, uh, what, four years old now? Mm-hmm. Four, four years old, and that single went yeah. number one. I mean, who else is doing that? That's incredible. Yeah. And one of my- I love it for her because, you know, it makes a number one on, I think, like, her last, what, like, seven – Six or seven albums all have number ones, which I did not realize that Evermore and Folklore had a number one song. Yeah. Evermore and Folklore. So here's what I'm going to say about those two number ones. Here's here's what I'm going to say about number ones in general. I know. Here's what I'm going to say about number ones. You obviously have your hit number one singles, right? Songs that are big hits. You hear them everywhere, whether it's on the radio, RIP to that format. (laughs) Um, We'll We'll never get a Macarena again. Right. Well, never miss it ever. But, um, you know, streaming, things like that. Like, obviously, like, if it's in the zeitgeist a lot, you have those big hit singles. But then you also have songs that are, like, hype number ones, which happens more and more these days because of streaming. Um, and because of where, TikTok. And because of TikTok. But it's usually it's usually because of streaming. And here's what happens. is like, the song... So, Folklore and Evermore were both, like, surprise releases. And so... I think she announced both of them 24 hours in advance or 12 hours in advance, something like that. And so what happens is that gets her fans excited. And obviously Taylor Swift has one of the strongest fan bases in the world. No, and really? So uh, I don't know if you knew that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know. It's not really talked about a lot, but you it's know, maybe like, maybe like a hundred. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 99. Yeah. 99 yeah. people in a room. 99 people in a room, but all it takes is one. Um, but what they do is they will, you know, obviously get excited. They stream the album, they stream the song and, and Cardigan and Willow were both released as like the official singles from those albums or lead singles at least. And so they, that first week debut at number one, but then they fall off because the, the buzz kind of died down. And I don't, I want to say that both of those songs were like service to radio and whatnot, but like that genre of music is also just not like, that's not what is TikTok. Right. You know, like it's not, it's not, I would, cause I would say like social media is kind of the new radio now. So like whatever is being used and trending and, in, in you know, social media posts and whatnot. Um, and that genre just hasn't really hit that way. So anyway, long story well, short. A little, more, a little more lately though. 
a little more lately with like your Billie Eilish's and your your Olivia yeah. Rodriguez. much yeah. more of that that kind of indie songwriter vibe. Girl. For sure, yeah, for sure, I could see that. But it's just it just wasn't. And it's not to say that they're bad songs. It's just that that's that I would say. And there's plenty of other songs in all sorts of different genres that have debuted at number one or have debuted really, really high. I mean, that fall off very, very quickly. That happens a lot, though. It happens a lot. lot. Because of streaming. Yep, because of streaming. And so I would say Drake is a great example. That was first person shooter hit number one a couple weeks ago when he released his album with J. Cole. I I dare anyone to sing that song. And all, all of the songs, you know what's annoying about these days too is like, if you have a Drake album, every one of those songs is going to be on the top 100. You know what I mean? Just and you could say that, and you could say, and you could say the same about Taylor. You could say the same about Taylor. I mean, her, sure, yeah. Midnight sure. Tad. I don't necessarily love that. I'm going to be honest. Well, it, that used to not be a rule. It used to be you had to release a like an official single. It used to be. I mean, rules have changed and evolved throughout the years. So back in the 80s, a lot of times artists would release what they would call a double A side, right? They would be basically release two singles. And but the only one that could chart would be the one that was like either service to the radio or like the most popular. So a great example of this is Madonna had a double A side single. It was her song Angel and Into the Groove. And guess which song charted? Oh my God, which one? Angel. I've never heard Into the Groove. Angel's the one that charted, not Into the Groove. Oh! <laughs> Jeff. Not you educating me using a Madonna. Ugh. I know. So, and that, and Billboard recently released a, like a list of like the, the greatest songs, to, pop songs that to never chart on the Billboard Hot 100. And that was number one. I was like. I, I don't think so. I think it was Samantha Mumba's. Mm, Samantha Mumba's Body to Body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I you got it right. wrong. I'm pretty sure I, I saw that. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually heard Albert Einstein. That was his favorite song. Yeah. I want to apologize to the Samantha Mumba crowd. Community. For the community for not putting respect on that name. Just so you know, we'll probably bring her up every episode somewhere where we can. Yeah. Because we love it's her. It's going to happen. We do yep. love her so much. Going back to that kind of bubblegum pop era. Because we gotta tell you about Samantha Mumba now and again, you know? We sure do. We always come back. To her love. 100%. <laughs> you know but, what? You know, uh, but yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was just, I was just wrapping up the, the one, not the, the hot 100 thing. I mean, and, and then it, what, what in the nineties, like you had to, like you had to have a physical CD single release in order to chart on the, on the Billboard Hot 100. So, um, which ended up changing in like 1998, but there are certain songs that like are massive hits that probably would have been number one for God knows how many weeks, um, that have lower chart positions because of that rule change in the late nineties. But like a song, like don't speak by no doubt. I don't Mm -hmm. think Hot 100. Ooh, that's a really good example. I didn't. Yeah. Which is so insane. We've actually talked about this before. I remember many years ago, but it that song is also a phenomenon. I mean, it was everywhere all the time. You can't get away. You still can't get away from it. It's in every grocery store, every CVS you walk into. I love the song. I love yeah. no doubt. But the fact that that wasn't a number one smash in terms of like, you know, getting to the nitty gritty of things when we look at the end of the year, Hot 100 is is absolutely crazy. Absolutely nuts. Um, 
so yeah so it's just it's just crazy to all these rules all these all these rules all these annoying rules i mean you know i know but billboard put it together pull it together you know who else needs to pull it together who diane sawyer oh my god Kevin Federline, jamie spears jamie lynn spears justin timberlake lynn spears we have a bone to pick with each and every one of you and that's not several bones and not just because it's halloween no no Mm -hmm. we're not talking spooky scary skeletons no we're talking like watch yourself in a in a lovingly non-threatening but kind of threatening way (laughs) like jokingly of course but like jokingly but like but like but like come on yeah I just, it's so fucked to me because we all know about the conservatorship. We all know like what happened, but to to hear it in Brittany's words about, and and everything that led up to it again, like she does a great job of kind of really painting the picture of what her life was like leading up to like break the Justin. And and that's the thing too, is that people, the people of the Justin Timberlake about it, of it all, Listen or read the book. Like, if you need to read the book in order to, re- she's not doing it to like make him sound like a horrible human being. She's no. painting a picture about her life and how it was. It's she's. It's almost more. She's talking. It's less about him. He's the person involved. She's painting a picture of how the media treated her and how that was the catalyst that made. That turned her into the bad girl. Correct. And from, from America's sweetheart. From America's sweetheart. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the, how we saw him completely take off in a solo career mm-hmm. and her spiral. And then, which then led to, you know, her meeting Kevin Futterline and then having the babies and postpartum depression and then leading Just, into the conservatorship. The, yeah, of course. And the meltdown and everything. And it's, it's crazy too, because. You know, when people are coming at her, which I, I think for the most part, what I've seen is very, very favorable reviews. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I love the support she's getting. Every, You know, I I went to Diane Sawyer's um, Twitter, and I'm sure everyone else, you know, but it's so funny. The Britney fans have come out, and they are attacking these people. And honestly, good. She should apologize to her. Justin Timberlake should apologize. Everyone should be apologizing to this woman, because the way we treated her is disgusting. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's already been known. But to your point, like hearing her talk about the conservatorship, like I was, I was mad, you know, watching the documentaries and following her journey throughout mm-hmm. the years. Like I've, I've been, you know, it's, it's always kind of disgusted me, right? Like, and it's been sad to go through hearing yeah. it in her own words. And I told you this, it was so heavy to listen to because it made it more real and it made mm-hmm. it more, it also made it, it was worse than what I imagined. Yeah. It was worse than what I imagined hearing her say it. And when she's talking about Justin Timberlake, too, and, like, all these people and, like, her family and stuff, I feel like she's not, like, dogging them. I really feel like she's just a genuine person. And I think she's been a very genuine spirit since she was a young girl. Just her talking about her life. Like, she's always been this kind of, like – and she talks about this, too. Like, you know, um, someone was talking about this. I think Zoe Saldana was I saw mm-hmm. an interview yeah. of her talking about like I, Brittany's always been down to earth. Like you just talked to her and she's like one of your girlfriends. Like she never, she never came off any kind of way. I think she always had a little bit of like um, naivety about her. You know, she mm-hmm. was always like, 
I think a little naive, like in her career. And she, she gave people too much credit, way mm-hmm. too much credit because they treated her like shit and she didn't yeah. deserve any of it. Mm-hmm. And when she's talking about these people and these experiences, even now, you know, and I, I was touched even when she said like, I want the best for Jamie Lynn. You know, I, I would hope that one day our relationship might be, you know, different. And, and I hope the best for her. I was like, even through all of that, there's still this genuine nature about her where she's not attacking these people or putting them on blast for the sake of like revenge. She's mm-hmm. just telling her, her story in a genuine way. Yeah. I would say she's angriest towards her family, rightfully so. Yep. Um, and Robin she, and the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone involved in the conservatorship. Um, Kevin Federline. Um, I, I, but she, again, to your point, she does it. She talks about all of this in such a way that is very genuine, very real, and just very kind of like matter of fact. It's not, it's not a gray scenario. It is like, this is what they did to me. And this is. It's not Mariah Carey talking about JLo in her book. You know, it's. No. It's <laughs> very much love, like here. Yeah. But it's, Which, it's not like shady. It's like, this is, you guys, this is what happened to me. This is my yeah. story on yeah. my terms, as she says. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, it really is that way. Like, and you know, even, even when, when she's talking to, well, which is so funny. Can I just add one thing? Mich- Michelle Williams reading this at parts and you know, the internet is going crazy bananas over, over her yeah. reading this book. I think it was a great choice. If anyone's going to read the book, I felt like it was super well done. I, I think she ate that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that she did so good. There were certain parts where I thought it was Brittany talking. Yeah. Oh, the, the way when she was like doing her inflections or like, you know, talking in situations like, like Brittany yeah. would, yeah. it was like, oh, wow, this really like really works for me. Like I, I was kind of disappointed when I found out that Brittany wouldn't be reading the book. If I'm being honest. Okay. I really wanted her to read it because mm-hmm. after hearing Mariah's book, like and all the Mariahisms that were in it, I, yeah. was, I was definitely comparing it to that. And yeah. I want, I wanted that, but I was so impressed with Michelle and there were so many funny moments like Obviously, the, the the most obvious one that people are talking about is when she references, you know, it's it's Michelle Williams doing an impression of Britney Spears doing an impression of Justin Timberlake doing an impression of a black person, right? That's yeah. what's happening. So it's like this chain of events, and you're in your mind, you're like, "What is happening? This is so chaotic, and so, in, in the best yeah. way possible, it's so funny." Foches, foches, I. It, and and I just I'm like I'm screaming because I'm like I'm sure that all the Gen Zers are like, who is genuine? Who is Paula Cole? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's so true. They, but yeah, like I, I bring genuine it, back. I love genuine. Bring genuine back. I love his music. He's, yeah. So sexy that that sound. I've, so th- sexy. You know what else would make my top 100 songs truly is "Differences" by Genuine. Oh, interesting. I think that is a phenomenal. Okay, song. I did. I, really I, did. I just learned something about you. I yeah, love that. I love that song. It's my favorite yeah. song of his. But it was so yeah. funny hearing, you know, her reference Justin Timberlake, and we've talked about this too, which is really interesting. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we we always joke about the song um, "Bring It All to Me." by yes. black yes um the band you know we love girl bands of the the 90s and early 2000s so yeah. there's a part obviously for the listeners you you know this if you're a y2k music fan where um jc is is singing you know my 
What is are it? My feel, are you feeling my Tim's my bag of jeans, my thug appeal? <laughs> yes. So when Brittany was saying that, you know, uh, Backstreet Boys was for white people, whereas InSync catered to a more urban audience or even like you know black people at that time, which maybe was the way she was describing it was like it sounded like it was something revolutionary, but it was just funny because that's where exactly where my mind went was like in sync on the on the black song. And you need if if you're unsure of what JC Chasse looked like in you know the year 2000, like Google him and see what this thug appeal is all about because it's, it's it leaves me wondering where was it. Oh, well, Justin Timberlake had a little. I mean, he wore do rags and cornrows. <laughs> All the cultural appropriation. All of it. Which yeah. unreal, unreal back then what was happening, but it is wild. We have and come such a long way. We really have. We really have. Ish, kind of. I don't know, actually. Now that we say that, I'm like, I'm like Ariana Grande's black fishing was only a few years ago. So it's just evolved into different mediums yeah. this time around but like yeah. having her hearing her talk about that was really interesting and then you know meeting him and falling in love with him also i think you could tell in the book too like i, I mean i always wanted them to be in love like at, you know as a kid like listening to them i'm like oh it's like you know two pop artists i really like and mm-hmm. the fact that they're in a couple is so cute and everyone wanted them to be together yeah. but again from her like genuine nature I almost said genuine from her genuine nature. It really, you can really tell that she was in love with him. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And still has so much love for him, you know? And, and it made me emotional, like hearing how she had that letter he wrote, like the last letter he wrote to her, you know, Mm -hmm. she put it under her bed and all that she had to deal with within that breakup. And then, you know, the Crimea river of it all afterwards. I mean, like imagine going through this as like a person in your late teens, early twenties in general, going through, going through a breakup, going through someone, you know, gaslighting you and flipping, even though they cheated on you, like, yeah. you know, bring, bring it up as if you're the villain, but, but doing that as like a public figure and someone like Britney Spears, who was as big as she was at that time, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't even fathom, you know? And that was just the start. Yeah. And then having her, her family, I mean, her family are, it's, it genuinely sounds like all of them are narcissistic personalities. Yeah, I genuinely think they all are. So imagine not only going through that, but not having the true support of your family. Right. Because they, you're just a cash cow to them. Yep. And you would continue to be for the next, you know, 15 years. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's absolutely, it's fucked up. It's completely fucked up. And then him having this like enormous career and then her kind of spiraling, spiraling. Um, and she brings up in the book about talking about the 2007 VMAs where he was having arguably the biggest year of his life. You yeah. Know, that was, that was, you know, during the end, tail end of the future, uh, future sex love sounds era. And, um, the, and then the that was her infamous gimme more performance. Like, talk about polar opposites at that time you know and it's it's just you know it's a, it's a testament to i i will say where we've we have come a long way in terms of mental health because mm-hmm. conversations about postpartum depression and and mental health and things like that are so common now whereas back then very was taboo. not very taboo was not talked about 
And it is very clear, and she mentions this in the book, and this is what I'm talking about when I said earlier that she's very honest and very uh, self-aware, is that she mentions in the book that, you know, she looks back and was like, it's very clear that I was experiencing severe postpartum depression. On top of the pressures and the interviews she was going through and everything else, the world turning on her, you know, like, I mean, the, the way that people were treating women, but especially Britney Spears, like, yeah, on top of all of that, you know, yeah. experiencing postpartum and so and crazy. Yeah, and I mean, she speaks about this, this in the book, but, like, imagine the way that this was. I mean, social media was kind of just starting back then, so it wasn't like how it is now. But imagine opening up your phone and logging onto Instagram or TikTok or Twitter and seeing, let's say, Taylor Swift – Right. And let's say it's Taylor Swift. Let's say Taylor Swift is going through it the way that Britney was. It would be the way that this was back then was like every time you like turn everywhere you turn, you'd see a photo of Britney Spears where the tabloids were saying that she was falling off the rails. Right. I, I remember the things that she was describing. I remember her talking about the paparazzi photos where she almost almost dropped I think it was Sean Preston or Jaden was one of the two. Yeah. And then she and, was labeled as a bad mother by everyone. Every, every comedy skit, every, everything was between her. I remember that everywhere. It was everywhere. Yeah. And I remember the paparazzi video of her or driving with Sean Preston on her lap. And I remember the video or the video and the photo of her crying in the restaurant. And she describes all of this. And you guys like, I, Chris, Chris I, Crocker I, was right, by the way. Chris yeah. Crocker. Chris Crocker was well, so fucking was, right. It's not Chris Crocker's name anymore. I apologize because I oh. forget. I forget what her name is now. Chris Crocker is trans. Was yes. Yeah. Wait, is trans? <gasps> yes, you didn't know that. I didn't know that. Okay, I have some. I need publicly, to... like I want to see a few years ago. Yeah. Okay, I need but to follow up on that. I forget. I'm so sorry, like the the name. Um, but at the time, you know, I was like, this person's crazy. Not Brittany, Chris, you know, Chris Crocker at the yeah. time. So it's just it's so funny to see now, like, you were right. Yeah. You, you were, were right. You, you were one hundred percent right and not crazy at all. One hundred percent right. And it just really goes to show how you really can't believe everything that you see and read. Like so to like to kind of paraphrase p- parts of the book, Brittany talks about you know she admits she she's like yeah I definitely would go out with friends, but she was like I never have done she said I've never done any hard drugs. She did weed a handful of times. She mentions how she right. hates weed, and I'm talked and I'm right the there. Ener- talked about the energy supplements energy, quite a bit. Energy, energy supplements, supplements were made. <laughs> that was something that wasn't funny. I mean, it, the context isn't funny, but just her, hearing her talk about it, and then yeah. also Michelle Williams, like in a sassy voice, like it's energy supplements. Right. Yeah. That made me laugh so hard. She's like, "Yeah, it's, it's energy supplements." Yeah. Which, it- which are not illegal. Right. Oh, John. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <are> over the counter. <laughs> over the counter. But no, those alcohol, Adderall, and I think weed a handful who, of times. Who isn't doing that? Who name, isn't doing that? Name one person. Drug testing right than, now. Other than me. Like, Drug testing I'm, right now. Right. Like, like I, I am just kind of like. It, it, it just goes to show that like when you blend, it's just the perfect quote unquote storm of, you know, 
the biggest pop star in the world going through postpartum depression, trying to figure out how to fucking handle it as her, as her, uh, soon to be ex-husband is taking her children away from her and not letting her see them and utilizing the and by the way her family supporting kind of supporting that yes and and demonizing her and not supporting her at all framing her in a way and using to make her look bad like i remember kevin Kevin won kevin won in that moment because of her family like yep because she was looked at as an unfit mother and hearing her talk about not having access to her kids was arguably one of the most heartbreaking parts of the book. Heartbreaking and how she just wanted to like cuddle them and just be a mom with them. Yeah. And then That's when she wanted, when she was in, in deep into her conservatorship, when she was, you know, complying, it was always just so she could see the kids Yeah. and her, hearing her talk about that. That was the one thing that got her through. Can you imagine you have to like, imagine someone accusing you of something that isn't true. And you just have to say, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, I do have a drug problem just because you want to see your kids. Like that is so absolutely like inhumane in every, it's, they kept her in a literal cage, which is, you know, what's so interesting is like the album. How I want to ask you how you feel about this. So after hearing her story, I definitely have a different view on some of these albums. Like I obviously like, we knew the conservatorship was happening, but you know, I've talked about this, like Femme Fatale is one of my favorite albums of hers. I mm-hmm. love it. But yeah. after hearing how she was kind of forced into doing these things and her heart really wasn't into it, you know, Circuit, yeah. Femme Fatale, um, obviously Britney Jean, which isn't our favorite, Glory, you know, I think he- hearing her talk about these albums, I have such a different like view of it. Like it's, it's hard to think about those albums in the same way. Yeah. You know? I have to say, just quick side note, well, it's part of it. I did chuckle when she goes, I made one good song with Will I Am. <laughs> that was work, bitch. Did she lie? Did she lie? Because did I... She did she lie? Right. Did she lie? I would say she's done two good songs. I do. I, I personally do like Big Fat Bass, but... I Get out of here. Leave. I know. Go, I no, know. make your exit stage left. Absolutely not. Go. Nope. You do not like that song. I, d- I think it's fun. I think it's a fun. I will say I liked the performance version better where she did kind of like mashed it up with her other hits. <laughs> so that's the version I like. Um, but I, I thought that was funny. In the book. Now, okay, this is something that I, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think she mentioned Femme Fatale once in the book. She did not really talk about that era, which which I was really kind of, I wanted that. You know what else she didn't talk about a lot too? It felt Correct me if I'm wrong. This is where I wish she would have talked more. For me, in in my formative years of music, you know, Oops, I Did It Again was a huge album for me. It was It's a very formative album for me. You know, yeah. it, I did a performance of it in front of my family, and that's the first time I realized that I was <laughs> truly a faggot. Uh, I love that. They, they made fun of me, and it was like, oh, I'm gay, and I can't do this anymore. Which yeah. is sad, you know, but that's another conversation. But, you know, I, anyways, this album is very formative for me. It, it's gotten me through hard times. I love this album. It's so special for me. It felt like, for the most part, she went from talking about Baby One More Time and, like, her start and, like, the impact of that to the Dream Within a Dream tour. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't a lot of talk about the Oops, I Did It Again era. And, like, you know, 
I I wanted to hear more about like stories about that era because I love the little ad libs in the songs. You know, like right. Yeah, I love, I love how Fee, uh, uh, as she calls Fee, was her name Felicia? I forget. Yep. Felicia. Mm-hmm. How my one of my favorite things is, um, <laughs> how Fee is on one of the songs. I think it's can't get no satisfaction. Oh yeah, like the interlude does, between. I mean, I know I'd be picky, but. I, she's like, I, I know I might be picky, but I just know what I want. I yes. myself all the time. And I wanted to hear more about the ad libs. Like I thought the old lady drafted in the ocean in the end. Like I wanted to hear more about that album, the music videos of that album, you know, lucky, yeah. like her persona lucky. Like, I just feel like that. And also like to your point, femme fatale, which are two of my favorite albums of hers. It made me, it made me a little disappointed that that was like kind of skipped over. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And and I completely get it. Like she obviously was telling her story and there are much bigger things to fish to fry, you know, and she definitely did it. How I dare mean, you? I know. How dare you say but that? I know. <laughs> I know, but no, but I'm with you. I would have loved more talk about her career as well because, because, and because I think, you know, she talks about her lack of self-confidence throughout the book and because of, you know, the conservatorship and everything that she's gone through. But I think that it's important for her, even herself to realize that like, no, you were and are one of the biggest pop stars in the world and you have a very huge career to show for it. We would love to hear more of, you know, obviously you went through some horrible things. I would have loved to hear, you know, the creation because she is, I do yeah. revere her as a, as an artist and, and as a musician. So I would love to hear. No one else can stories. do what she does and has no, done. No, no one. And it's I would a, have, that's yeah. an innovator. She truly isn't like we talk about innovators. We talked about just like the Janet Jackson's, the Madonna's, the Michael Jackson's mm-hmm. 100% would I put Britney in that same category. And what I found interesting about the lack of femme fatale is because femme fatale is, I believe her only album to have three top 10 hits from the album, which is really, this is what's really crazy. Hold up a minute. Wait, is that true? I look it up. I swear to God. So, so here is, okay. Sometimes it's not a top, was sometimes a top 10 hit. No, shut up. I know. So here, let's, let's go through it really quick. Baby One More Time was number one. I want you drive me crazy. You drive me crazy was number nine. Some and sometimes was like number eleven or something like that. Like it didn't. No, it didn't go top ten. And then from the bottom of my broken heart was like a top forty hit or something like that. Right, and and Born to Make You Happy was just there, but we loved. Yeah, and then you had, um, and then you had Oops, I did it again, which peaked, I believe, at number nine. Stronger was number eleven. That's surprising too. I how did I not know that? Oops, I did Lucky. it again. Was not in the top three. Lucky, I think it was like in the twenties somewhere. Oh, not in my heart. Don't let me be the last to know. I think pe- peaked very low. Can I just say really quickly? Don't let me be the last to know. Is one of the best ballads of all time. It's so good. It is so good. It's so criminally underrated. We really want to thank you, Shania Twain, for writing that song. And do we want to thank Mutt Lang? Yeah. Thank you, Mutt Lang. We'll thank him. Right? We'll thank him. He's there. He's there. He did it. Um, He did that. And then none of the singles from Britney were top 10 hits. This And this is what I'm saying. We've talked talked about this. We've talked about this. For the people listening at home, can you believe I'm a slave for you? 
was not I, a top 10 hit. I want to say that peaked at number 27. Can you listen to this? 27. I'm a Slave for You, arguably her best song, one of her best songs. I think many people would say it's her best song. Can you believe? It is fucked up. And it's because that there was some sort of blacklist of the radio because of her partnership with Pepsi. And I don't know the details of that. That's like, that's where like, that's where like my, my pop stardom like starts fading is it's like pop stardom. My like fandom starts, you know, I'm not sure. Like once it starts getting to the technical things like that, I'm like, I don't know, but it's something, it had something to do with her partnership with Pepsi and the, and who owned radio channels and whatnot. But yeah, she was like basically blacklisted from the radio for a little bit. So the songs, none of the songs from Britney were top 10 hits in the US. Um, And then in the zone, Me Against the Music, I want to say was like somewhere like top 40. Yeah, I I could see in the zone not being top 10. Well, Toxic was number nine, which, which again, Toxic, for the huge hit that Toxic is and arguably one of her biggest singles number nine that's like what that seems to be the trend for her it's like she has these massive anthems that truly are anthems that are stand the test of time they're played yep. everywhere to this day 2023 and they weren't you would think they'd all be number one hit you right. know nope Crazy. And then, yeah and then um i want to say every time was like number 15 outrageous yeah. peaked okay. low because that was supposed to be the fourth single from the album but then it ended up getting shelved because of her knee injury right and yeah. then um not a good time and then, for her. It, and then she released the my prerogative greatest hits which i don't i don't know if my prerogative even charted i don't do some i think do something charted really low it was like 99 or something like that that then, I, I revisited that music video by the way them driving a car in the air i know oh my gosh and then um Let's see. After that was blackout or chaotic. Chaotic, right. yeah. And I do think that the song "Someday I Will Understand" was released as a single. I don't even think that charted. None of that was in the zeitgeist, in my no. opinion. No, like and wasn't... yeah, and then what? give me more. Give me more was top ten give or me, no? Give me more was number three. Okay, so Just... at least there's that. Yep, and then piece of me did moderately. I want to say it was like in the top twenties, and then. um Nothing else up that album, I think, was break that. the ice. Break I- the ice. It charted, but it, again, not a top ten hit. It she didn't get there. another number. She didn't get another number one single until Womanizer. Womanizer was number one. Circus was top five. Yeah. Um, but, oh, if you seek Amy was probably. If the you seek Amy was top twenty. Okay. Um, and then Radar, which side note about Radar. Radar was originally on Blackout and then it was appeared as a bonus track on Circus mm-hmm. and was really because it, I believe that it was contractually supposed to be released as a single. And so it which was put, rightfully so. It's a great song. Great song. Um, I don't remember if that one charted or not. And I then so. yeah. after Circus was Femme Fatale and then that's where Hold It Against Me debuted or I want to say it was a number one debut. Till the World Ends was number three. And then I Want to Go was a top 10 hit as well. Yeah. So, and then Criminal, Criminal did not chart top 10, but that was, that's, that's her only album to have three top 10 hits. But you know what? Femme Fatale is one of my favorite albums. I've told you this. I go on record saying this. It truly is. But yeah, going back to the, the whole thing about her being in that awful time frame, you know, she made some amazing music with Circus and with Femme Fatale. And it's crazy that, even through the darkest of times, like she brought something yeah. like, you know, she brought this light to the world because that album is special for me in many ways. It was also a hard time in my life. So Mm -hmm. like, I love Femme Fatale and there's just so many good songs on it. 
and yeah. so many it's so many underrated it might be one of the songs i choose yeah and something about britney that a lot if you ever listen to or read an interview with a collaborator of hers as far as like music goes they have all consistently said the same thing that she is a hard worker she's super professional she is a good writer she's a mm-hmm. good singer down to earth very down to earth but that but specifically when it comes to recording like they're like she is a pro in the studio she they she does exactly what they tell her to do she's not a diva about it she's in she's out and good to go like i i have read so many interviews from everyone from max martin to um i want to say it was william orbit who've all said this and have all said that she's just a Justin Tranter, like just a dream to work with. Um, uh, Who's the other Julia Michaels, right? Isn't that her name? Yeah. Glory. Yeah. I mean, she's a pro. She's been a pro since she was a kid, you know, I mean, and hearing her talk about her childhood and getting dragged around to these auditions and everything and how she just wanted to live a normal life Mm -hmm. in Louisiana. I love that part too, where she took a little time for herself. It feels like that was like, and I think she might've said this, the last normal time in her life before yeah. being this like big mega star, you know, in this pro yeah. that we, that we know today. But I, yeah. I love that she was able to have that kind of last sliver of time just to be yeah. a norm, normal kid, you know, yeah. because I think, I don't know. I think that makes her who she is in many mm-hmm. ways, but you know, what's so one of the funniest things right off the bat it, that I've been saying to myself, I don't know if you find this funny, but <laughs> So this is something she brings up in the beginning. And also it's like a callback at the end of the book. She's like, I laid on my neighbor's rocks. And when she said that, I I just thought it was so funny. Like Brittany being like, yeah, I laid on some warm rocks. And in that, (laughs) in that moment, I knew that my dreams would come true. I was like, all you got to do is lay on some warm rocks, warm rocks. But it just, it just made me laugh so hard. Like she's like, I'm going to write about this. These warm rocks. Yep. This is why I'm a pop star because I was I, a kid and I laid on those rocks. I love that though. She's just, that just shows her pure soul. Like, her, yeah, exactly. She's, she's got, genuine, she does have this kind of thing, right? Yeah. And she just, she, she just shows. It's like a little kid would say something like that. Yeah. And I love that. And she does talk about that in the book too, about how she kind of reverts back to being a child and back to the title of the book is that she, because of this conservatorships felt like she reverted to being a child yeah, for a very long time. And like, yes, only, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, and she yes, said, sir. And it wasn't only until she got out of the conservatorship that she can start. She's finally started feeling like she is a woman again. And she'll, she's still finding herself. And I um, love hearing that. that to me was, I, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially with like transitions in life, but hearing someone at her age, I believe she's 41 years old. You know, say that I'm for the first time kind of like finding out who I am. And I love that. And it's not me about making music. No one's telling me what to do. Like I am taking the time to find out who I am. And it's a testament. It really, it made me emotional because, you know, not to get super kind of emotional on you, but I think like, it's just so interesting hearing her say that because I I believed it when she said that. I believe that she's like, I get to find myself. Yeah, I did too. You don't, no matter how old you are, you can always start over. You yeah. can always, there's always a brand new beginning. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I love that it's almost like she broke that stigma down because I think we need to do that more. Like life does not end at 30, at 40, at 50, at 60. You can 
chase your dreams. You can do whatever you want to do. You can find out who you are. You can be, you can have a family. Like there's so many things you can do. Just seeing her talk about how life doesn't end at 30, 40, 50, 60 was mm -hmm. super empowering for me personally because, yeah. you know, social media makes us feel like we're all comparing ourselves to one another and you have to figure it out and you need to have kids by this age. You know, you need to start a family by this age, have a career by this age. And for her to be 41 and, you know, be able to live life and figure out who she is, it made me very, very happy for her, truly. And I love that she kind of left it on that sort of a high note because yeah. there was so much sadness and so much pain over the last, you know, 20 years of her life. And it, it really made me feel some type of way. And also, you know, the other emo most emotional part of the book where, where I actually was like crying, listening to it tearing up was when she said how much of an impact it made when the fans rallied together and she mm -hmm. first heard this free Britney when she was in that, you know, that facility, that hospital that was locking her up, you know, pretty much against her will. She had to mm -hmm. say yes. And that nurse that showed her some compassion and showed her that I pretty much lost it at that point. Cause I was like, it just made me, it made me so, so proud to be a fan and also just like, you know, the, you know, I, the RuPaul always talks about this. I'm going to quote him, but like the tenacity of the human spirit is so amazing. The mm -hmm. fact that she, you know, persevered through all of that. And the fact that her fans were able to do something for her. I mean, the reason she's out of her conservatorship, a big reason I think is because of the fans. Oh, 100%. Because it got so much public, um, there was so, so much of a spotlight yeah. uh, put on it because of the fans, 100%. And to me, that made me really emotional because you you and I both, you know, we devour music. Music is our life in, the, in terms of like how much it impacts you. And mm -hmm. the fact that the fans were able to make a difference in her life and, and give back some of that to her just made me so emotional and so happy. And it was yeah. like, it was the best thing I heard in the entire book. It was so wonderful yeah, to hear it was that. so cool the and i want to say i if i if i'm remembering correctly i she because she described that she, the nurse had turned on the tv and there was she said it was there was a talk show and there was four women and one of them was wearing a pink free britney shirt if i'm remembering correctly that woman was eve the rapper eve that's hilarious i love that yeah um she, i remember that was being one of the first public displays of the free Britney movement outside of like internet buzz. Right. Um, the interweb. So, yeah. So um, that's really cool. Shout out to Eve. Shake your tambourine. Shake your tambourine. Got the bitches on the piss up. Take a tambourine. Yeah. I don't know the words. Um, Banger. Eve. E-V-E. E-V-E. Rough rider. Drop, drop your glasses. Shake your asses. They screwed <laughs> up like you have in hot flashes. Which uh, one? Pick one. So good. Clowns, yeah. I spot them, and I can't stop them. <laughs> and by clowns, you mean Jamie Spears, not to be confused with Jamie Lynn Spears, who is also a clown. Yep, exactly. And I like how they all have the same name. It's like Jamie, Jamie. Spears, Jamie Lynn Spears, and Lynn Spears. Yeah. It's like, it's like they were meant to be this, like, trifecta. horrible trifecta. Sounds like the brother was kind of, like, there, but didn't have as much of a hand in yeah. the I don't know. That's the yeah, way it didn't, it didn't help it, but didn't like make it worse. Uh, seemingly yeah. from the book, like they had yeah. a kind of an estranged situation relationship. 
Um, yeah. I liked her talking about Sam. I liked I liked her calling him by his full name. That was he's Sam. I thought that was really sweet. And yeah, he's Sam you know, I'm sorry. so not that it's any of our business, but I'm so curious. Like, you know what? What were the differences of why they couldn't work it out? I kind of love them together, um, mm. but I'm so happy for her that she's on her own journey and just you know you need to be single. You need to figure it out. And it's so funny how my life is reflecting in the same exact way. Mm-hmm. And so I just love reading this book. I thought it was so relatable in some parts. And then also just hearing her story and, and her words, like she says in her terms. And, and it was raw and real. And, you know, I, I felt like she didn't hold back. I was very happy to hear talk, her talk about the family the way that she needed to. And yeah. for that cathartic experience. And also... You know, kind of going back to like the Janet Jackson documentary, which we watched and we were very disappointed with when she's asked about her father. She's like, he was a great man. Was there a problem with him? Not one. Like, right. Obviously, we don't believe that. So for Mm -hmm. her just to kind of go in on her family, I was I was happy to hear her just be completely raw and honest about the situation. And, you know, I hope she knows like her her fans love her. I know I'm sure she knows that. I'd like that she talked a little bit about the the gay community and how we're there to support her. Um, yeah. I like that little, like that sprinkle in towards the end. That was very sweet. Yeah. But I'm just really, you know, as sad as the whole journey was, it was a very, very sad journey to listen through. I'm happy that she's on the other side of it, that she's hopefully free forever from this conservatorship. I hope yeah. there's a chance of going back and I'm excited for her to figure out, what she wants out of life and who she is. And like you said, yeah. like we don't need more music from her right now. We don't need I, I don't need it. If she wants to release music, I will happily support her. I personally don't need it. I want, I, I, I'm with you. I want her to live life on her terms and do what she wants. Um, you know, to everyone listening, I, I don't think we there's a good possibility we will never get the Britney of, you know, 2001 back in terms of performance. Yeah. But I think that that's fine. I think that that's everything that she's gone through. And and she, and she said uh, that she doesn't want to do that right now. And I don't blame Rightfully her. Rightfully so. Rightfully so if you're being forced against your will and, creatively. And what's, what's interesting too, I mean, like the whole book is basically, I mean, not only is she just slamming, I shouldn't say slamming. She's not, she does this really interesting way of like, again, talking everything about matter of fact about what her family and, and everyone in her life did to her. But it's also about the media and how the media has ran with all of these things and i have to say it they kind of did it again like before in the weeks leading up to this release with the way that like you know pop crave was you know everything's like in these like tiny little digestible sound bites right of like you know britney forced or not sorry uh justin forced britney to have abortion or something like that that was like one of the headlines that's not necessarily true no um and didn't want to convey it that way yeah, and she said that on her Instagram. She posted. I think she originally when it, when it was coming out, she's like, I remember her saying something like, "I'm really disappointed on some of these reviews, and it's it's mm-hmm. all going to be okay." At least I have my dogs, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, yeah, it's 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 frustrating that that's that's 
the way that it still is going with her. And it's just like, again, if you're not going to read the book, if you're not going to listen to it, that's on you. But like, you can't have an opinion then. I'm sorry. Like, I get that everyone's entitled to an opinion. But in my personal opinion, in my, in my personal opinion, like, you don't get to have an opinion if you're going to refuse information, personally. Right. I felt the same way about people talking about Mariah during her her book. You know, yeah. like I said, I've been making a lot of comparisons, obviously, because Mariah is my fave. And yeah. just, you know, it's so interesting. Uh, I know this is irrelevant, but like the, the two of them have so much in common. Like they both had mm-hmm. families that were just kind of shitty, didn't really care about them or support them or their well-being. A lot of jealous yeah. family members. And they both had essentially these like mental breakdowns. Mm hmm because of the press and they were treated like shit in Mm -hmm. so many ways by society you know um, by their family members with no support by their love their lovers right yeah and i loved 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 when she talked about mariah carey because i did not expect her to and Mm -hmm. it it clear that that was like someone influential in her her life and meeting her was such a special moment she cared much more about that than the the performance which i thought was so funny and then the whole the whole spiel about the the ring light and mariah inventing ring lights mariah invented that yeah so funny and so so typical but i just loved that moment and yeah i when when she brought her up i was comparing the books and I think they're very similar in a lot of ways and it just goes to show, I mean, the media and society at large still treats women horribly. You know, they still treat these artists horribly. They'll still pit people against each other. You know, Taylor Swift's documentary, um, the one Miss Americana, I think right on Netflix, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. she was treated horribly in that she was, you know, there was many emotional moments in that documentary and that wasn't that long ago. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's still happening, but to the extent that it happened in like the nineties, the two thousands, you know, towards like Madonna, Janet, Mariah, you know, um, Brittany, maybe even, you know, Beyonce, like the way people talk about these women Mm -hmm. and the way they were treated is just disgusting. And to hear how much it impacted her life, you know, was just, it's awful. I mean, I would, you know, what's so funny is like, I thought about, wouldn't it be cool if there was some sort of program like, you know, like how the Westboro Baptist Church has those people that, that like, are like wings around a funeral and they'll like all gather yeah. and like drown out the noise. What if we had something like that for the paparazzi? Like, what if all the fans got together, <laughs> block the paparazzi every shot? Or, I would love to see some dedicated fans go to these paparazzi's house and and take cameras and shoot them every day for an entire year. I, honestly. That's kind of how I feel. Like, I I just think about, like, again, there still seems to be, even though things have definitely changed in terms of paparazzi and and, and celebrity, you know, privacy, but there still is this expectation that, like, if you're in the public eye, you have to deal with stuff like that. And I just have to think, like, you know, being a influencer – I've experienced the tiniest little sliver of some of those like little expectations in the fact that just like people can be all up in your business and have an opinion on you no matter what. And imagine having millions of people throw their opinions at you every single day. 
on your on your platforms. And then imagine them also taking out their phones. Because here's the thing too. While paparazzi things, like we as fans have kind of become paparazzi in a way with our with our phones. We you know, we see a celebrity, we whip out our phone and we start recording them and start taking photos of them. I'm and very get, mindful of that personally. And I get yeah, and I get that. And you know, I'm so glad that you and I did not do that with when we met no. Tiana Taylor. Um well, I think about that like if I ever meet Mariah Carey, I will never do that to her because I know I you know, I've heard what they have to say. And it's like they're treated like an animal at an exhibit at the zoo. I don't even agree with zoos, like for the most part. Like I don't yeah. I don't agree with something being in captivity and just for our amusement. And that's exactly what these celebrities are, like Britney Spears. And it's yeah. like disgusting it's so dehumanizing yeah 100%. like you don't you don't you don't get to touch them you don't get you don't have the right to take photos of them i think there needs to be more laws around that because they just oh nothing is more frustrating her than hearing her talk about those moments with the paparazzi and mm-hmm. there was nothing she can do i would have done a lot worse than taking an umbrella too if that was me i would oh, go yeah i would go crazy especially like I already have mental health issues. You know what I mean? Like, I can't even imagine that on top of it. I would want to kill someone. It's would... the creepiest feeling. You know, I know that gay men experience this a lot on like dating apps like Grindr and whatnot. <laughs> when you have people, well, no, but seriously, like no, I, I've talked do. about this with you, w- with and, you before. When, women. When, when you have a faceless profile message, you saying that they see you or they've seen you out. They never reveal who they are. Like that's a creepy feeling imagine strangers just following you around filming you and some of these people like like britney spears like some of these people might be more private people they might be more just because they're a celebrity and they're a star does not mean they're not like an introvert it doesn't mean that like you have access to them at all points of the day like and even if they were the most extroverted person in the world they are still they they are still a human being and everyone has a bad day and everyone goes through hard things and like totally you know, like I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine, you know, stepping, <laughs> I'm laughing because I, we always joke about like our, you know, just stepping out, you know, going to pick up some quinoa at Trader Joe's, you know, all my little outfits. But like, I'm just imagining like, you know, I can't imagine when I step out of the gym and I'm like looking a mess, you know, and then all of a sudden. Does but you're also kind of like, you're like, but I'm oh, also like oh, super cunty. Like, oh, is it? Oh, oh, like, oh, am I looking oh, hot this? and sexy today? Yeah. Do you see my oh. bulge? But like. <laughs> It's, you know, but seriously, like it's, 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 it's unfathomable. It really it, is. I, I can't, I can't even imagine what that would yeah. be. And, and, like. and it's like in hindsight, like, you know, I was, I, you know, what's so funny is I remember a video game that was popular in my school. It was like the computer, computer games were really popular at that time, mm-hmm. like around 2007, like when, mm-hmm. when the meltdown happened and there was a video game the kids were playing at school where they would, it was like shave Britney's head. Mm, that's so fucked up. Yeah. It fucked up at the time. I didn't really think anything of it because women were just treated like shit, you know, but now, yeah. that, now that you're, we've grown and I've grown and I've realized like the, you know, the impact that that has in someone's life. Like, and, and I think that's important to know too. Like this isn't just a celebrity. Like first and foremost, this is a human being living a human experience. And of course yeah. they're living an experience very different than ours, you know, and they're one of the the many people that have this kind of fame. But they're still a human being. Yeah. One of the most powerful moments in the book for me was when she talked about the head shaving moment. And she was basically like, you want me to be pretty? Fuck you. You want me to have long hair? Fuck you. That was such a powerful moment. And I have to say, like, I will never understand 
the 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 way that people treat women specifically when it comes to hair it's so wild how many people care about that and how they will treat someone based off for me i think it's so badass every time i see a woman with a shaved head or a bald head i'm like you are such a badass i love that jeff we could go on and on about this topic we have we have gone an hour and 35 minutes talking about ms ms britney spears Yes. Um, There's so much to cover in the book. So if you haven't read it, please read it. You know, to take the audio version, you know, that that's totally fine. That's what Zach and I did. So do whatever you need to do. Listen to Michelle Williams in your ears for five hours, five hours, I believe. Five, I think it's five hours, 38 five minutes. Five hours and some change. So, it's, it so goes by fast. Um, but that, yeah, that being said, that kind of bring, I think this is a good turning point for our segment, songs we don't talk about enough. Brittany has mm-hmm. tons of songs we don't talk about enough. So Zach, what is your songs we don't talk about enough? I'm so glad that you asked me that question, Jeff. I, you know, I've been marinating on this and thinking about like what is because she, I, in my personal opinion, I think Britney Spears has one of the best pop discographies out there. Like, not we all know and love her singles, but like also her deep cuts are just as good, if not better. Um, and you know, there's a fan favorite out there, Breathe On Me. It's one of my personal favorites, if yep. not my favorite Britney Spears song. I'm not going to mention that one just because even though it's, you know, wasn't a single, it is very much a fan favorite. Um, I'm going to go with because uh, one of the songwriters commented on a post of mine today. Um, so Britney Spears recorded a song called Over To You Now, mm-hmm. and it was included as a bonus track on the chaotic EP. So chaotic was the reality show that she did with Kevin. Right. And they put that out on DVD and there was a bonus EP that had the song itself. Chaotic plus Mona Lisa. And someday I will understand. God love Mona Lisa. Well, well, overseas, I want to say it was in Japan and maybe another random country. It always is with you. It's always always Japanese bonus. track. I know, but there was a bonus track called over to you now. And I learned later that apparently that song was recorded for in the zone and just didn't make the cut. But the song is a club banger and it was written by none other than Robin and Imogen Heap. And today Imogen Heap commented on the post because I had recently reshared my songs that we don't talk about enough posts of when I did Britney Spears. Shout out Imogen Heap. And, and we want to shout out Imogen Heap because Imogen Heap is an incredible songwriter, incredible singer, producer. Um, And if you didn't know, she uh, co-wrote and produced the song Clean by Taylor Swift off of 1989. She she created Caroline Polachek, if you didn't know. She she created, talk about a woman inside of her. Created (laughs) Caroline Polachek is a robot and Imogen Heap is running the. the, She's uh, manning. She's manning the the reins. She's manning it. She's manning it. She's She's manning it. She's taking it. She's Um, taking it. (laughs) Jeff, what's your songs we don't talk about enough with Ms. Well, you ruined it because I was going to choose a song from Blackout, but you had brought it up, but that's Ah! okay. So, (laughs) um, which is why should I be sad? But I'm going to pick a song off of Femme Fatale because I think that album's criminally underrated. Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) I would say that always has been one of my favorite songs there's many on that album but uh-huh. there's something so cunty about how i roll and oh my god it's so good there's some there's something there, it's an earworm 
It's an earworm of a song. The little, the little like. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ah. Yes, it's so good. Bum, 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 bum. Bum. There's something about that song, and does that she gets me? And should she? Okay, that's a song where it's like one of those things where like, is she saying it or is she not? How I roll, Britney Spears. I'm looking it up. Because... It reminds me of like the Dan- Danger songs on Blackout. You know how there's like this kind of like distorted voice. Like, is it his voice? I, I never. It's knew. not. This is a Blood Shy song. Um. Did you know what I'm but, talking about though? Like, are, oh are, yes, is yeah, that yeah, her yeah. voice or is it a man's voice? In which song? Like, get naked. Danger songs. Yeah. Uh, I want to say that that's her voice distorted. I think in the okay. chorus. For me, listening I mean, to it in 2007, I was like, "This is why is this man on the chorus?" But Danger also, like, he does. He's like a one of those producers that will put his vocals in it as well. Um, but I'm looking up the How I Roll lyrics because she. <laughs> Okay, she says you can be my thug tonight, but it <laughs> yeah. sounds like, but it sounds like she's saying you can no, be my fuck tonight. I think it is you can be my fuck tonight. I think that it's. You I can think be my that fuck is. Tonight. I think that is the explicit, like actual. I, like, I I'm I, certain it's my yeah, fuck. Yeah, I love a hidden fuck in a song. There is. You can be my fuck tonight. You could be my fuck tonight. Oh my tonight. gosh, I remember hearing it, that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you can be my fuck tonight. I, I love a hidden fuck because I <laughs> I I firmly believe in if you see gamey. Obviously, if you see gamey, you know, spells out fuck me. Um oh, I didn't know that. Mm, oh my gosh. Yeah. I like to gamey. I like to if drop you see like, gamey. But in the song, the background vocals, it sounds like after the chorus, it sounds like she's saying, Love me, fuck me. At like after the chorus, like in be- before the next verse, so I'm like I I'm convinced that she's saying "love me, fuck me" there. I also there's a to bring it back to Madonna. Madonna and Prince do a duet on her like a prayer album called "Love Song," and there is a lyric where she says in the lyrics it says "Don't fog my mind," oh. but when you listen to the song, she's very clearly saying "Don't fuck my mind." So, so on like, that note. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it at hidden fucks in songs. Moral of the story: Please hide your fucks in songs because it's fun. But please go and listen to "The Woman in Me" by Britney Spears. We need you to listen to it. We need you to read it. Let read us it, know your thoughts. Let us we know your it. thoughts and feelings about the book. You need to read this book. It is canon. It's it's everything that I needed. It's everything. It's everything. You know, it really is. It's 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 really good. Go read for it. For a long time, we were anticipating this. We sure, book. we sure were. We were anticipating. We yeah. were anticipating for a long time. Mm-hmm. And yep, I think that's that's all I got because my brain stopped working. <laughs> well, until next time, fans. Have a have a wonderful night. And uh, stay tuned. Blackout because it's spooky season. And if you it's want spooky season jams, listen to Blackout. Listen to Freak Show. It's a spooky listen record. To freak Show. Ugh. All right. We love you. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.